one two one two. What's going out? What's going on out there in streaming audio land? This is your man Kyle Means back at you for the first time in a while, talking about some NFL and uh, here with my main guy Ryan Bukovetsky, who we always rely on uh, to help help uh, fortify our coverage of the Bears and of the NFL in general. And this time around, you know, you may you may have noticed it even more than in typical years, but this is the draft week. The NFL draft is preparing to happen, though uh, it's going to be a unique draft, uh, a draft happening over uh, tele- telecommunications. Nobody really going to be in the same room. Nobody's going to be dapping up. Roger Goodell at the podium, jerseys won't be given out of anything. It's just uh, the type of event that we are uh, really resigned to nowadays because of the coronavirus and everything, the COVID-19 scare. And uh, it's been it's been tough, but we've been surviving. And, you know, the NFL was doing what it can to uh, go about its business and, you know, help us you know, take our minds off of the day-to-day. So, uh, you know, you got to honor them a little bit for that. And, you know, that's the same thing that we're doing here at a warm anchor. So, uh, you know, know, be glad that they're doing that so we have some content to give y'all. So, uh, but uh, before I get to speaking anymore, you know, let me bring in Ryan. Ryan, what's going on, man? Not too much, Kyle. Just kind of dying with anticipation right now. Uh, For me, in general, basically as long as I can remember as a football fan, I have loved watching the draft, especially being a Bears fan. We haven't had too many parades around here, and certainly not in my lifetime. So usually the draft is kind of like the most uh, optimistic part of the uh, season for the Chicago Bears and the history that I've seen them. And just uh, how you put it with this very uh, different uh, version of the draft with this virtual everything. It's going to be uh, interesting to see. And, you know, it's a new thing. Everybody's kind of going on the fly a little bit with this. And we don't know if it's going to go off without any problems, if there's going to be a lot of problems, or maybe just a few problems here or there, just some minor glitches in the system. So that's going to be a show in itself. And then on top of it, too, we know, how critical the draft is for the NFL process. Yeah. Yeah. With that, that being said, you know, we just got to, I guess the most that we can hope for is that every, every pick gets made and that every player is uh, able to uh, go to the team that they're assigned to, you know, Uh, and then we can, we can move on from there. Who knows when those team, when those players will be able to actually join those, their teams physically and, who you know? Who knows if they'll be able to even play in 2020? But uh, as of now, you know there'll be 2020 draft picks, and they'll be available uh, to their teams in some form or fashion. But uh, you know, you speak about your love for the draft, Ryan, and I definitely share that as well. Growing up, watching it over the past couple of decades, and you know, so it's definitely I definitely anticipate seeing you know, what's going to happen and, uh, you know, seeing how it's going to play out. And, 
you know, definitely we we benefit from your love from the draft from the past couple of years. You've been giving us some great coverage, particularly of the Bears uh, and what they were are going to do. So, uh, you know, in this this uh, recording here, of course, letting you know in the audience, we're going to go over uh, Ryan's thoughts of the draft coming up from the Bears perspective. We're going to uh, talk about uh, his mock draft that he released this earlier this week on WeAreRegalRadio.com, uh, going over all the picks from all seven, actually six rounds, actually like five rounds actually, but it, it equates to seven picks for the Bears that they're going to have in this draft. And uh, we're going to talk about who Ryan thinks the Bears should pick with all those picks. And uh, we'll also have some talk about uh, that first round, which the Bears won't be involved in on Thursday night. You know, well, there's a chance they could be. They'd have to trade into it. But uh, as of now, they're not involved in it. They don't have a first-round pick available to them due to the uh, Khalil Mack trade that they made a couple years ago with Oakland. Oakland has the Bears' uh, a prohibitive first-round pick. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. But we'll let's start off with some news. And uh, no, I think if you follow the NFL at all, you should know what we're going to start off with. The big news coming yesterday, uh, seemingly out of nowhere, you know, uh, Rob Gronkowski is joining his man Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay after a year off from football. And, uh, you know, he retired. He he spoke out and, in, in you know, we talked about this in past podcasts, uh, Ryan you know, about the way he's spoken out about, you know, some of the difficulties he had toward the end of his run with the Patriots. But it seems like uh I don't know I don't know if he's got bored of if, if the WWE wasn't enough, it wasn't exciting enough for him or something. He actually holds a WWE belt currently and uh he still is gonna be uh planning to join the NFL and the and the Tampa Bay uh Buccaneers. Uh, you know, whenever football gets going again. So, you know, you got a lot of, of course, differing opinions on this. I think as a news item and, you know, definitely something to mix up our our uh, tedium here uh, without sports going on is definitely right on point. Definitely something we could all uh, love to hear, you know, that this is happening. But as far as it being an effective move for, Tampa Bay or, or even for New England, for that matter, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Ryan? It, you know, it seems like some people, you got one half thinking that Tampa Bay may be a Super Bowl contender uh, with this, and you got other half saying that this may be something like uh, Paul Pierce and KG joining Brooklyn uh, late in their careers, and, you know, that you know, you know that equated to nothing in, in regards to championships. So, uh, you know, Ryan, what's your opinion, your early opinion on this move? Yeah, uh, Kyle, starting with the uh, retirement part of it, because when Gronk, you know, officially retired, he said and left the room for a possibility that he might come back. And I think at the time, a lot of analysts believed that that would potentially be the case, that really the, the reason why it made sense for him to retire at the time he won that Super Bowl, his body was seemingly breaking down like crazy. He had gone through so many surgeries and he was going through so much just to get ready for the season and for individual games throughout the year that 
I think he just needed a break and probably needed a break mentally, emotionally, physically, everything above. And getting that year off, maybe he would have come back regardless, but certainly how things have developed, I don't think it's any surprise to anybody because we all know with Bill Belichick, you're going to have a ton of success, but it's not a lot of fun working with Bill Belichick and being under that regime. Like it's his way or the highway and it's strict, but it's successful to that. But if you've had success and you maybe want something new, sort of like what Tom Brady went through, that's why he moved on. I think it makes a lot of sense for Gronk to come back and go to Tampa and come back out of retirement and, you know, I was interested to see how quickly things would develop or if this was just a rumor and that that they got the trade done really that day was something uh, pretty surprising. But it made a lot of sense as well, because for Bill Belichick, you're not going to expect Gronkowski to come back. And I don't think Gronk would have come back unless he was going to play with Tom Brady. Uh, I, I don't think he's just coming back for anybody and coming out of retirement for anything. It, it would be scenarios and situations. And this Tom Brady going to Tampa is a situation and a scenario that I think makes sense for him to come out of it. So Bill, I think just rightfully so move on. He doesn't care anyways to him. You know, players are just players. He'll get new players if he needs new players and he'll get whatever positions he needs. And for Tom, I think it's a great benefit because I mean, you're going to a brand new environment and even though he's Tom Brady and the goat, he's going to get a ton of respect right away in that locker room. You know, he's not used to these guys. He's not used to these coaches. So having a a good friend of his and also, too, Gronk knows what Tom needs from a receiver and from a tight end and some of these skill positions. And Gronk is a leader type. So I I think he can get a lot of the other receivers like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and some of the other tight ends like O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray, get them on the same page of what is really expected from Tom and how to how to really be the right type of receiver for Tom because we know that if you do the the right things and get open you're just going to get fed the football and I think that's going to help with the transition in the early part especially when you consider that there's not going to be as much OTAs and training camp most likely because of the COVID-19 there's going to be less chances for Tom Brady to really work with these guys so having even if Gronk's not fully ready to play, uh, we'll see because he obviously has to put on a ton of weight. He lost just so much. It was crazy to see, but he's got to get back into game shape. If he gets back into game shape and can still play, I mean, that's going to be huge for the run game and for the pass game. And it's going to be huge for Tom Brady. But even if he's not in that role where he can really play a lot, if he's just more of a contributor here and there, at least behind the scenes, I think he can really help the sporting cast to get on the same page and to get to the level that they need to be. And I mean, when you look at it, if they keep either Howard or I think Cameron Bray. You know, yeah, but Bray, yeah. But if they keep one of those guys, I think more likely seem like people think they're going to trade Howard. But if, you know, if they keep if they trade out, they keep great. So you know, yeah, that's interesting to me. You know, with OJ Howard, I, I'm just envisioning you know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, put them on the outside, maybe even put OJ Howard on the outside because he's athletic enough to play kind of a wide receiver role, and then just put Gronk down in the regular tight end position. I I would think that that would be a matchup disaster for any defense coming against the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I said, regardless of whichever the young guys you keep, Gronk doesn't have to be in shape at the beginning of the year. He could he could right. take those eight weeks to get himself in shape. 
and come back at the at the half point of the year and be uh, be in there really for the stretch run going into the playoffs and stuff. So it's it's pretty sweet for him, I think. And, and I could see why he wanted to get into that situation. And it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, you know, I I heard this on the radio and just throughout media and stuff like that. I hope now that there's an NFL season because this is an entertaining story. I mean, for us, guys like us, Kyle, like, are looking for stories and things to analyze. Like, this is a, a nice little story, and it'll be really interesting to watch. And we know the Saints are in that division, so we already get Breeze versus uh, Brady twice before we even get to the playoffs. Uh, just the excitement building around the NFL when it's already so exciting. I mean, man, it, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we're, we're going to see more Tampa Bay games nationally. Oh, man, they might have half the season national games with everything now. Exactly, yeah. And, and all the big – when they're regional, they'll probably have the biggest regional slice too. Like, it's, it's going to be insane. Like, it, it's really going to be like, a, you know, a, a spring break movie with, with Gronk and Tyler. Yeah. Oh, man, that's yeah. a good point. Gronk's going to be on those beaches like crazy. Yeah, they, they, it don't matter what, what the governor says, he's going to be yeah. out there. They, oh, yeah. They go, they're, they're out from under the thumb of, of the – of the stinky uh, Dean now uh, of <laughs> Dean uh, Belichick, and now they're they're running loose in Florida. So right, it pretty- feels like they're going to be unleashed. And I wonder, you know, when players just feel like that invigoration, especially when they're older players like Tom Brady, that can be huge. Just it might carry you through an entire season, even if you didn't have it, maybe you wouldn't play quite as well. So I, I think it's it's a big deal that Gronk is going there. I think I think you're right. It'll, it'll probably carry them through a season, right? <laughs> Just one. You don't get a yeah. huge bounce from it. Yeah, but beyond this one, I, I think they better hope that they play that they can play in 2020 because 2021, I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, we we got a lot to anticipate and look forward to with those guys coming together again. Yeah, and on top of the two, Tampa, you know, their team in this draft. The big question is offensive line and Todd Bowles, who the Bears really wanted, a defensive coordinator, is doing a great job. Obviously, he had a strong relationship with Matt Nagy, but an even stronger one with Bruce Arians. That's why he's down there. He's getting that defense playing better and better. They have the 14th overall pick. Uh, if they add some offensive line help and they should, there should be options, I mean, this team can get really scary really quick. Yeah, they got talent on both sides of the ball. and I think uh... – like you say, they need some O line. They need they need some solid people on the O line to add to. I think they need a playmaking running back too. You know, at least a guy who you know can maybe catch the ball out of the backfield like Brady likes to do with guys like Jaden White mm-hmm. in the past. You know, they need they need somebody who can do some things like that for them. And I think they'll be they could be they definitely I, as of as of now I would say that they're a contender. But they could really be a contender with, uh, if they make the right choices in the next in this next week or so with the draft. Yeah, uh, I thought when they got Tom Brady that they, had, and especially since we're going to seven teams in the playoffs, that's an extra spot. I felt that they were playoff contenders, and really, if you're in the NFL, if you're getting in the playoffs, you got a shot. I mean, even though it's not always the the best way to do it, but now with one less bye week, 
it's going to be that much uh, more uh, parity, I think, in these playoffs. So getting Gronk and getting a little bit better through the draft, they might move from just playoff contenders, like you said, and go to just legit Super Bowl contenders. You know, let's go from a legit possible Super Bowl contender to a middling playoff contender in the Bears. Uh, I think at the most they would hope that they can contend for the playoffs this year and maybe uh, keep some jobs going the, up there in Hallis Hall. But, you know, right right now, the, you know, the Bears are an interesting team. Of course, we follow them uh, week in and week out, and we know what's going on, what their needs are and whatnot. And, uh, you know, Ryan, you, you did a good job with your uh, with two different mock drafts, uh, you know, seven-round mock drafts outlining – each pick for the Bears and what you think, what directions you think they could go with each pick uh, that they have available to them. And, um, you know, he did the first one earlier this month, uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, the most recent one uh, this week we uh, released on Monday. And you went in different directions with just about every pick from this one that uh-huh. that you had in the first one except for one, and uh, we'll get into that. But uh, you know, going over the picks, uh, the the two, I guess the two most vital picks, the two key picks, are the two picks that are going to be in the second round. Uh, that you know, that'll that'll take place on Friday, uh, the forty third pick and the fiftieth pick. Those are picks where you can get starting talent, and you know, I've been looking at different mock drafts all across the internet. And I think, you know, there have been some interesting people that that the Bears have been paired with. I like your combination the best that you had this week uh, uh. with with Cole Komet being at 43rd, the, the, the tight end from Notre Dame, and uh, number 50, Jeremy Chin, a safety from my beloved Southern Illinois Salukis. I, I, Mine as well. <laughs> yeah. If 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 I think if they get that pairing, that would be great. I think that would be ideal. I also like a couple other guys in the mix. Um, Grant Delpit from LSU, I like. Uh, another guy who you mentioned in your first mock, the uh, I, to give me the name of uh, the the wide receiver from TCU, uh, Jalen Raker. Yeah, I like him too. I think some combination of that four, if the Bears get them in the in the second round, I would be pretty happy. But uh, you know, let just go into it yourself, man. What made you think? What made you in the end go for the combination of Komet and and um, and uh, and uh, Jeremy uh, from SIU? And uh, what made you think that's going to be the that would be an ideal direction for the Bears to go into? Yeah, um, you know, the one good thing I would say the Bears have done this offseason, and Ryan Pace has traditionally done a pretty good job with this. On paper, the Bears have, you know, weaknesses and needs, but there's no obvious hole. I mean, when you looked at beginning of the offseason, what were the obvious holes? 
had an obvious hole at quarterback. You could not go into the year with Mitch as the only guy, knowing not knowing what he's going to give you. So you bring in Nick Foles, makes a lot of sense. You feel better about that position. Doesn't mean it's solved. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean it's going to be great. But on paper, you feel at least comfortable knowing that you have a couple options there and there's still some room to pick up a guy maybe in the draft or maybe even in uh, free agency, an undrafted kid, whatever. Maybe find a practice squad guy that you feel better about than Tyler Bray. Uh, the other one would be pass rusher. We just knew that Leonard Floyd wasn't getting it done next to Khalil Mack. You really needed to take advantage of having maybe the best pass rusher in the entire league in Khalil Mack. you got to give him a bookend that really puts pressure on offenses that, hey, when you tri- double, triple team Khalil Mack, you're going to pay. So you better be careful when you do that. And they address that with Robert Quinn. So you just don't feel like they have these huge glaring holes other than maybe cornerback. But I kind of feel that they have some guys there that they really like. And again, on paper that they like. Maybe we look back at it and it's more of an issue. But they do like Kevin Tolliver. They brought in Artie Burns. Uh, they have a couple guys like Buster Screen that they can move to the outside, and they have a couple slot corner uh, options as well on the roster on the back end. So it's not ideal. It's not the best depth, but I think they could get by. And then the other one would be safety because you lose HaHa Clinton Dix, and you need to find a safety combo that really complements Eddie Jackson. And I would think it would be a guy similar to Adrian Amos. So Jeremy Chin – kind of came into my mind because he's similar to Adrian Amos in a lot of ways, except maybe he's just more of a athletic physical stud. He has more of that NFL body and a little more explosion than Adrian Amos, but he's a big guys, kid. I'm sorry. He's a big kid. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a big guy and he plays big too. He plays hard. He plays physical and he plays smart. He's not the most adept at pass coverage, similar to Adrian Amos. Amos maybe looked a little bit better as a prospect coming out of college, but I think he can develop in that area. And he does when he is in the right place and at the right time. And part of that is getting his technique right and getting uh, just a key, uh, getting the football IQ for the defense. But when he's there at the point of attack, uh, whether it's pass or run, he makes some solid plays and and finds a way to break up passes or get ball carriers down. So I I think he would be a great fit. But also I think the Bears could go corner. I also put on Trevon Diggs uh, for my first mock draft. I've heard a couple guys. Uh, I like your Del Pitt suggestion at safety. I also like Mark Fulton, the uh, LSU corner that projected to potentially be there when the Bears are at 43 or 50. I think if you can add a defensive back, it would really solidify the defense. And one thing with an in-the-box safety like Jeremy Chin, he's really going to help with that run game. And the Bears dropped from first against the run to ninth last year. And and part of that was the injuries to the front seven. But if that happens again, you're going to need help from your back end. And they didn't have that with Jackson and HaHa Clinton-Dick. So I think maybe getting a guy like Jeremy Chin helps that run game, and they're still solid enough against the pass. Because especially with those pass rushers, you maybe don't need quite as good corners. And, uh, you know, certainly an area that they should improve. But with limited picks, we got to kind of pick and choose. And that's why I think the Bears definitely go defensive back with one of these second-round picks. 
And then the other one is interesting. And I went with uh, Cole Komet, the tight end, with the 43rd pick. And there's going to be a couple tight end options around that area because that's where kind of Cole is supposed to go. He might go a little bit higher because he's the top tight end in the class, but there is potential that he will be there at 43. And then there's a couple other interesting options. Not a ton. It's not especially deep class, and it's not especially talented at the top. But there are a couple of really intriguing options, and we know just how important the tight end option is, or I'm sorry, the tight end is in just Matt Nagy's system. And I don't know if they have that guy. And certainly bringing in a rookie tight end, I don't know how much they can help because that's one of the most difficult transitions from college to the NFL. But even as a contributor, as a pass catcher, I think you can find a role for Cole this year, and he would be a huge part of you know this offense potentially turning around because I, I don't think you can have too many good tight ends. You can find a way to move those guys around, especially if you have enough athleticism to put one on the outside, which between Graham and Cole Komet, I think that they could kind of do that. And uh, certainly wide receiver is an option. If Jalen Rhaegar is available at all by 43 or 50, I have a feeling he's going to go just before the Bears can can pick. And uh, as you pointed out, they have the 43rd and 50th pick. That's the 11th and 18th pick of the second round. So they have enough ammunition to trade up and get a guy like Jalen Rhaegar if he's available late first round, early second round. But I think we're all kind of in agreement. We'd like to see Ryan Pace just hold his water or, if anything, trade back and get some more picks because this team could use some help, like we pointed out, corner, safety, tight end. There's areas of uh, need, but not areas of an obvious hole. So if Rager is there, he would be a perfect fit. A guy with that much speed that can take the top off the defense that you have to constantly be worried about, that's the type of receiver that they've got to try to draft. But with how deep this class is, maybe the Bears decide, hey, there's a lot of value of wide receiver later on. We're not going to worry about it now versus tight end where really uh, Cole Komet, there's not much difference between him and some of these other guys, but he's certainly the creme de la creme of the class. Yeah, you you, you just went into some places where I was about to go. Uh, uh, first off, you know, when, when you talk about a tight end, you would think that if you, if you get a tight end at this you know, the Bears are going to carry a lot of tight ends this season out of necessity. But, you know, if you get a guy at this high a place in the draft, you would think he'll be a guy who can contribute right away, who can make plays in the offense and not just be, you know, a grunt guy who will help you blocking and stuff. You know, you want to get a guy who can be a star potentially. And it seems like Komet is the guy who most are agreeing that, he has the most potential for that, but there's been some other guys who've been mentioned. I know there's the kid from Purdue. Uh, some people have brought up, and there's a kid from Dayton. Uh, Hunter Bryant is a big one too. Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the school. I think it's FAU. He's uh, looked at as a potential Rob Gronkowski type. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that name too. So, you know, maybe the Bears could, you know, could hold back on that because I know some people also advocating for to to address the off <coughs> excuse me address the offensive line some in the second round and which is another key area the bears need to improve on but I, you mentioned this a little bit in your last starts but the, the there's the you know we've known from past years that uh that pace likes Ryan pace likes to trade up and when he targets someone and he sees that there's a chance that they could be taken that uh you know he'll go up and get them, uh but 
I think a lot of people are, you know, there's there's some talk too of maybe trading down because again, like you said, the Bears don't have as many picks this year as they as in typical years, and they have a lot of spots where they could use some upgrading. So, what are your thoughts on specifically the 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 idea of trading up versus trading down in the second round? Or, you know, and getting more picks, you know, and filling out that middle part of the draft as opposed to putting so much uh, weight on these two picks in the second round. Yeah, I mean, if I'm the Bears, to me, it would take a lot for me to trade up. I mean, from what it sounds like with this draft, this is a pretty deep draft overall. And, uh, you know, real quick, when you pointed out offensive tackle on tight end, I mean, there's validation in that. Like I said, there's not much difference from the best tight end in this class and some of the lower guys. But, it, again, that is Cole Komet. He's definitely considered the creme de la creme of the class. But you can maybe get a guy that isn't as heralded, but maybe you have a higher grade, and he can compete with a Cole Komet draft grade. You might go offensive line there instead. And there, there's certainly a need for offensive line. So that's why I think when you – if they were to trade up, you have to get such a player that's going to help you. Right, like it has to be so bona fide. Versus, if you hold your water and not even trade back, let's say you can get a corner, an offensive lineman. I mean, there's uh, probably about fifty guys in this draft that can be first round draft picks any year. And the Bears have two in the fifty, so you don't feel too bad about where they're at. It, it kind of feels like this is a draft where if they just hold. Uh, still and just let the draft come to them they're gonna have plenty of good players to choose from and guys that can help them play right away from day one and we know with ryan pace this offseason it's been about win now moves and so uh, you know maybe in his reviewing of the draft and kind of what he's done in the past i hope he looks at the 2016 draft and especially because he just cut leonard floyd that was his first round pick in that draft and he traded up to go get him then in the second round, a guy that the Bears just acquired a week ago, Jason Spriggs, the offensive tackle, that was their target. The Green Bay Packers drafted Spriggs instead, and we know that it didn't work out there. The Bears uh, obviously picked him up because they liked him on a one-year deal, kind of a one-year prove-it deal. Maybe they find some gold there because they really evaluated and liked him. So then it came to the Bears pick, and there really wasn't an offensive lineman that made sense at that slot, so they decided to trade back. And what did they get? Cody Whitehair. And then they also picked up a third-round pick, and I believe that was Jonathan Bullock. Or, I'm sorry, a fourth-round pick from that, uh, which was uh, Dion Bush. So that is a classic and a perfect example for Ryan Pace to just see, you know, you can't just always be aggressive and go up and trade for a guy and go get a guy just because you like him. Sometimes the best move you can make is just staying still and letting that right player, for whatever reason that has fallen to you, just come to you and let the draft come to you because you can get some really good players. You can maybe pick up some draft picks. And I really think in this draft specifically, holding your water would be a great strategy. And if anything, maybe you take that 50th pick, drop it back a couple spots. And if you could pick up a fourth rounder, that would be terrific. Yeah, that that would seem to be pretty clever. And it it would seem that in order to, you know, make – to do a, a sort of a slick thing like that, like you described in the 16 draft, you have to be confident in what you want and, uh, you know, what you need 
and know how to be confident in the way that you address it and not be a team like you like you uh, described earlier that the Bears aren't necessarily after the uh, the free agents pickups that they made, which is good. They're not a desperate team right now looking for just any type of talent to get the team going. They they have some specific spots that they want that they know need addressing, but it's not like the end of the world in any of those spots. They have options, is which is a is a good way of saying a more concise way of saying it. Right. And I think, you know, obviously Ryan Pace when he spoke in his teleconference, I believe it was Monday, uh, or maybe it was Tuesday, I'm sorry. He talked about uh, you know, getting best player available. And obviously all these GMs say that. We're always going best player available. I mean, that's the the really the company line, right? Because no one is gonna sit there and say we're drafting out of need, because if it doesn't work out, you look like such a fool. It's always best player available and you can just lie about for whatever reason why your grading scale was wrong compared to everybody else. Regardless of that, you know, the Bears actually can put that lip service to actual use here. And now, obviously, you're going to have your needs in mind. I really don't think quarterback is an option in the second round. Maybe if a guy falls to him that they have fallen in love with, but I just highly doubt it. It just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And that's still an area, like, to me, if you haven't figured out your quarterback of the future, you could always attack that position and go get a guy. And I wouldn't rule out second uh, a quarterback in the second round, but I think the Bears are. So it's not just best player available, per se. But if you go out there, keep your needs in mind and still stay true to your board and have whichever guys that you like at the top and whichever guys uh, below them, below them. And you just go after that best player, regardless of the position, you should get a guy that can help you out right away. And that's the most important thing. Get a couple of those guys in the second round. Yeah, definitely. I, I read a, a CBS sports mock, by the way, that had them getting Eason from Washington with uh one of their second round picks. So what 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 do you th- what would you think about that if that happened? Uh that's a that's an interesting one. He probably will be there. He's a guy, I guess if there's a run on quarterbacks early, might not be available cuz he's kind of I I would say he's a second round talent, but we all know quarterbacks get overdrafted. So uh, it wouldn't be surprised me if he and landed somewhere in the late first round. Some GM falls in love with them. But uh, assuming he kind of sticks to where he should be on the board, he'll be available probably when the Bears pick. And if they went ahead and picked him, I would honestly have no problem. I mean, I didn't love him as a college quarterback personally, but I didn't see a ton of Washington games. Only the few I saw, I just didn't love what I saw. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. he's got a really talented arm he's been in a pro style system those are things that i really like i don't know what his accuracy is but i I think there's some questions about that maybe if he were to take a step in that process or the bears scouted something and feel that they can correct uh, some mechanicals or whatever get him uh, to play at a really high level with his accuracy he could be a, a terrific talent so if they want to invest in the quarterback position i'm all here i'm here for it Kyle. like to me they have spent way too much time avoiding drafting that position when that is clearly the most important, and they have not found their guy. And Ryan Pace has drafted one quarterback his whole time as GM of the Bears. I wouldn't mind if you start quarterback after quarterback and churning these guys out until you find somebody they can really have as a long-term fix. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You mentioned that in, in your piece about how little uh, little uh, pace has invested through the draft in quarterbacks. And really, when you look at his, his, his overall investment in the position from the draft and free agency, there hasn't been much good that he's done with the position. So I don't know. You you may it may just it it maybe can't hurt just to give throw some more quarterbacks into the ring and try to you know try something that could make the Bears you know have a you know add to their chances of maybe having a revelation come from the position because you know like I say they've stalled for a couple years and you know unless Foles magically goes back to uh 2013 or whatever it's like you know you you don't have a guy who's going to take you to the super bowl right now so you you still need that guy for the future you still need that guy who can make you a a a, a contender beyond just you know sneaking into the playoffs you know but yeah and and just like one other thing to keep in mind at least for Ryan Pace too when you're looking at just 2020 just this season you know Nick Foles gets hurt hurt a lot and yeah. a lot of times he doesn't complete a season Mitch has never completed a full season if they both were to go down obviously it would be one at a time or probably one at a time so you'd have some time to go around search for a veteran quarterback to bring in but you know to me, why not keep three guys on the roster since you know Tyler Bray really isn't a starting caliber NFL quarterback? Get three guys. I mean, it sucks losing the roster spot, but I would have as much insurance in that position, especially knowing that my top two options, they might not even complete the season. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see. And we'll talk about a guy later who maybe uh, the Bears may pick up, in your opinion, at, at that position. But uh, there's other ways to invest in your quarterbacks, at least the ones who are there already, and that's by picking talent around them, you know, especially in the wide receiver position. And as we look back, we get back into your mock at uh, 163 pick. The that's This is the first pick that the Bears have after the second round. Uh, the fourth, and you're getting to the fourth round at this point, the last day of the draft, the third day, and uh, you have the Bears picking up uh, Quintess uh, Cephas from uh, Wisconsin, and that's a guy who we should be, you know, a bit more familiar with, given that he's a Big Ten guy. Uh, nice, sizable receiver. Uh, was pretty, uh, you know, pretty successful up there in Madison. You know, what what makes you think that he could be a guy that the Bears could bring in? Uh, to me, that's kind of the best player available. I, I think that. Cephas, you know, he's had some off-field issues that are red flag caliber for sure. Uh, it was a sexual assault that he was acquitted of. And, uh, you know, definitely we know with McCaskies, uh, they're probably – it would take some convincing maybe to get him on here. Unless uh, through their homework and through their interviews they feel comfortable with him or whatever. But uh, assuming that they went ahead and picked up Cephas – he probably is uh, a third-round type player, I would think, or maybe even a little bit higher. I know speed is a little bit of a concern with him. He might not have it, but he's got a big body. He's very good at 
at really attacking the football and catching the football. Great hands. And he, he really goes at it. And he's a gamer, and he showed some real impressive uh, uh, play when they went up against Ohio State, Minnesota, and uh, Oregon. All three of those programs were very solid last year, especially Ohio State. We know was just a breath away from a national championship appearance, and they got a cornerback in Jeff Kuda that's going to be in the top five of this draft and another corner that's going to be probably a top 50 player. So I think he's a, a really interesting option, a, a gamer. It just do you feel comfortable with some of the off-field issues? And assuming that that's behind him, he had a pretty – good career at Wisconsin and even though he doesn't quite fit maybe on the Bears roster because they would rather have a speed guy he's best player available and with Riley Ridley being so unproven Javon Wins being unproven you know getting a guy in here that even if he's a a contributor as a role player like Cephas might be in his uh, rookie year that would be a positive in the trap again assuming you get a couple starters in the second round definitely definitely and uh, that's a, actually a fifth-round pick. I think I said a fourth round. But that's a, that would be a fifth-round pick at 163 if the Bears stay there. After that, you have two picks each in the sixth and seventh round to round up the draft. And looking at these sixth-round picks, they're two picks very close to, to each other. First one at 196, you have uh, Raekwon Williams, a defensive lineman from Michigan State, going there. And let's – uh, go right into the the second pick in the sixth round. That at two hundred, uh, the that had the offense. You this is where you have the offensive line being addressed with Calvin Throckmorton. That's some name there from Oregon. So, uh, what what made you uh, pick these two guys as uh, potential future bids? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really, when you look at the draft. It's, it's important to keep in mind like the, the realistic type players you're going to get out of uh, each round. Obviously, you can always find a gem. Tom Brady was a famous six-round pick that turned into the, the greatest quarterback of all time. And that happens, but uh, obviously those are very rare and very hard to find. And usually how it goes is you're looking for your blue-chip guys in the first round. Two and three, you're looking for starters or maybe future stars down the road that need a little bit of work. And then when you start getting to rounds four through seven, just think of it almost like an upside-down pyramid. It's it's less and less guys uh, that really are bona fide. They're going to be NFL-type players. And now you're getting more and more to guys that have a lot of interesting or really good traits, but certainly weaknesses or just unknowns maybe it's because they went to a division two or division three school and you just don't know how they'll translate blah 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 that kind of stuff there's there's definite red flags whether it's medical off the field or anything else about these players but they have a certain skill or skill set that makes them very intriguing maybe they even just have to add weight whatever it is these two guys in Raekwon Williams and Calvin Throckmorton they to me uh when you look at them, they're not the greatest of athletes, but they have very interesting traits about them. And I wonder if the Bears are looking at players that can potentially help them right away because they don't really want projects in this draft. They want guys that, you know, worst case scenario, if we got to go to you, that you can at least do something for us rather than get a guy that we know he can't do anything for us for a couple of years because he's got to do blank. And Raekwon. He's a guy that's really good with his hands, a really big body. He's got to work on his lower half. Not 
like I said, a great athlete, doesn't have that quick twitch, but certainly a big body that can come in. And he does get skinny to get through gaps and plays the run pretty well. And we know with Jay Rogers, he does a tremendous job. The defensive line coach for the Bears does a tremendous job with uh, uh, defensive tackles and defensive ends and developing them. And if he could get that lower half kind of situated with how effective Raekwon with is with his hands, he could turn into being maybe a sneaky good pass rusher, a really good defender. And, uh, you know, obviously that would take time down the road, but maybe he could come in as just a nice contributor every once in a while. And he would be big enough to give uh, a guy like Eddie Goldman a spell, especially since the team lost Nick Williams. They need to find a backup nose tackle. And maybe a guy like Raekwon can be that for them. As for uh, Throckmorton, he's, uh, you know, he reminds me of Coronas Grasso, if you kind of remember him from Oregon. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little bit better athlete, bigger guy. Uh, that was Grasso's big problem is he just he wasn't big enough and really only was looked at as playing the interior. He was a center and he did a decent job, but just uh, he was more, uh, I guess, skill and technique versus size and power. And that's kind of the same with Throckmorton, but he certainly has more of that than a Grasso. He's played all five positions on the line with a lot of veterans and a lot of uh, uh, guys that are going to be drafted in this draft and within these couple of years, because uh, a very veteran group at Oregon and they put together pretty good offensive lines year after year. So he would have kind of that Cody Whitehair element where he's played all over the line and, and we feel good about him being in the interior. Doesn't seem to be athletic enough to play on the uh, tackle position and be left alone out there on an Island. He'd have to be an interior lineman. So he probably comes in as more, of a potential uh, a backup interior lineman, maybe be a practice squad guy that they can develop. Uh, but also, too, if everything works out, he could be competing maybe for that other interior guard spot where Kyle Long has left vacated because of his retirement. And they've got a few guys competing there. It doesn't hurt to throw another guy into the mix. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely the, definitely the case with the O-line. You want to have depth and uh, versatility in, with some of your backup guys there because you never know where you got to fill in. But uh, let's go to the seventh round now. Two more picks for the Bears and at, at 20, 226 and 233. And at 226, you have James Morgan, the quarterback from Florida International. This is the one pick that you carried over from your first mock draft, and I think you had him going in the sixth round then, but uh, you dropped back a little bit in this one. But, uh, you know, an interesting guy. I, you know, you, you you mentioned him before, got me to looking at his uh, highlights. And, uh, you know, he he's, looks like a pretty athletic guy, has a nice arm. And, you know, he didn't play the top, top talent in, uh, in Division One. You know, but he, you know, he plays some, he plays some decent talent, decent competition, I should say. And, uh, you know, this, he, he may be a fine at, at this late, at this late point in the draft. So, uh, in your opinion, you know, could he be a guy that the Bears maybe could reach out to? And, you know, like I say you, you got him being a guy that the Bears would reach out to. Could he be a guy who could actually make the roster and actually be? that third quarterback going into 2020. Yeah. Um, this quarterback class, 
obviously the names at the top are really the attraction. And then there's some intriguing guys kind of that next level down. And then even a couple guys, the couple levels down below that. But there aren't a ton of guys that probably just come in as an automatic. Yeah, they're making the roster and they're going to be a quarterback for you. And James Morgan, he would definitely be on the fence, I'm sure. But what I'm hoping, I guess, and maybe there's a little bit of hope in this pick. I really hope that Matt Nagy has been in the ear of Ryan Pace. And to me, if you got Matt Nagy, who's supposed to be this offensive guru and quarterback whisperer, Get him a project, and uh, I would think a guy like James Morgan makes a lot of sense. He comes from a smaller school, similar to Matt Nagy, a guy that uh, I'm sure Nagy wants a guy that's really good on the board and flashes the arm talent and the accuracy that he's looking for, and just let him try to coach a guy up. That just That's my impression, at least, of Matt Nagy, and I would think uh, a guy like James Morgan, who's probably going to be either undrafted or very late in the draft, he'd be sitting there, and it would just make sense to me bring him in especially in the seventh round when we talked about earlier what to expect from each round when you get to the seventh round of the nfl draft teams are are looking at traits and attributes but now it's becoming more who are the undrafted free agents assume that there was no seventh round for a second and everybody was that was left after the sixth round is an undrafted free agent that's what you do with the seventh round. You kind of pick who would be the one guy that you would definitely prioritize as an undrafted free agent, and you go out and draft him in the seventh round so that you got him for sure. That's sort of what you do in that seventh round. I would think James Morgan kind of fits that. And the Bears, I to me, like I've been saying this whole time, you got to keep investing in that quarterback position. Get him a project. I mean, if you cut him, you cut an extra seventh round yeah. pick. Big deal. Yeah. Not not as much risk involved there. Definitely, the 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 intentions are different. If you get a James Morgan in the seventh round as opposed to a Jacob Eason in the second round, you're you're saying two entirely different things there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got and Kyle, can I throw one? Uh, I just want to throw a name, Jake Fromm, quarterback out of Georgia. If he falls all the way to Saturday. I would think that's a guy to maybe watch out for, for the Bears. Maybe in the fifth round, maybe even a trade-up with one of their sixth-round or seventh-round picks. Yeah, it seems like you hear different things about Prime. Of course, he's a big-name guy. We've seen him play in big games and stuff. But, you know, that those are the type of guys who get picked picked on quite a bit during this process. So you get, you get some positive things about him as well as some negative things. But – I, that would that would definitely seem to be a, a nice situation that could develop if you, if the Bears could get them in a fifth or sixth round, a third day round instead of you know maybe uh, potentially reaching on him maybe in the second or or you know trading up for the, to be the third or something like that. And even if let's say the Bears trade back, there's one of their second round picks and picked up a fourth round. I don't even know if they'd go Jake Fromm in the fourth round. It might have to be in the fifth round or later, and I don't know if he'd really be there. But if he was, I think that that would be an extremely intriguing option in the fifth round. And uh, let's uh, go quickly over your last pick in in your mock. Uh, Again, available to read right now on VRRadio.com. Jordan Mack, uh, linebacker from Virginia at 233. Uh, you know, like like you said, 
these seven round picks are more or less potential free agent picks. You know, uh, why do you think uh, Mac will be worth uh, going out, going after at this spot? Uh, I think, you know, when you look at the inside linebacker position, that's that's one I don't think we worry about too, too much. But they lost a, a couple of, like, pretty proven players. When you look at Kevin Pierre-Lewis yeah. and Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, those guys played really well when Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith went down. And I'm sure they can still develop a couple backups, and they might already have that on the roster because they really like Josh Woods and they have uh, – I uh, I'm not even actually going <laughs> to yeah, pronounce yeah. it. I've forgotten, but Iggy, as he is p- pronounced with out of Western Kentucky, he is a, a I think a fourth round pick or a fifth round pick for um, the 2017 draft. So it's kind of his time to maybe start showing up. But if they wanted to add a little bit more depth and look at a guy, I thought Jordan Mack remind me a lot of Nick Kwiatkowski. Four-year starter, basically, uh, really stout when it comes to the run and pl- getting off blockers and attacking ball carriers. Not really strong in the passing game, but I wonder, you know, with his instincts and his uh, downhill aggression, that's what really attracted Ryan Pace to Nick Kwiatkowski, and I wonder if he might do that again with a guy like Jordan Mack. <laughs> Hey, hey, good people. Kyle Means here, back at it. Uh, just wanted to give y'all a little bit of a addendum here at the end. Uh, we kind of cut off a little abruptly there because, uh, you know, the, the show actually didn't, the recording didn't end where it, uh, right there with Ryan. It actually uh, went on a, a bit more, but we had a little issues there towards the end. So uh, I'll just come in here and pick up... Uh, just a little bit that was left. Uh, pretty much, we just went to um, a general, more ge- a little general talk about the, the first round, which is coming up on Thursday. Um, didn't not you didn't miss much, I will say, but uh, you know, we basically just went had a little overview of what we expect to see in the first round, the possibilities of uh, there being a, a good run on wide receivers. Uh, you know. If, if you follow the draft this year, there's been a lot of talk about the wide receiver class, maybe as good of a class in that position as there's been in recent times, maybe ever. And, uh, of course, there's always the chance that quarterbacks are maybe valued, maybe overvalued in the first round as well. So that's definitely something to look at. And particularly, you know, once you get to that uh, four or five spot scene of teams, maybe make a run and try to get, uh, you know, either to a, Tagovailoa uh, from uh, Alabama, or you know the uh, the Gilbert kid from uh, from Oregon, you know maybe some moves there. I've heard some stuff today too about Detroit, uh, sort of putting up the the three spot, uh, putting that on the on the market, and um, you know some people have had them taking uh, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State there but they may trade out of that spot, so we'll see. Uh, don't really expect the Bears to be in any trade market in regards to the, at least trading up into the first round, but uh, you never know. And, you know, that's one thing that we said, too. Uh, and, and, you know, even if the Bears aren't involved in anything that goes on tonight, 
in the first round, you know, a lot that happens tonight could affect what what uh, they're able to do in the second round on Friday. And uh, so definitely, you know, if if anything, if that gives you reason to you know pay attention to tonight, but there's a lot of reasons to pay attention to tonight, especially uh, if you're a draft fanatic anyway. But uh, just you know, seeing how everything plays out with this uh, teleconference and stuff, and how the the uh, the actual broadcast is, though that's always of interest to me, uh, being I'm in the media. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how people react and how the event is compared to what it typically is. And uh, but uh, and of course, who goes where? Will you know? Will there be any surprises? Will teams be more willing to wheel and deal, uh, given their situations, or you know how how this draft is playing out, or will they be you know more conservative? You know, we'll see. But anyway, we'll leave it at that for now. Uh, once again, this is uh, I didn't say it earlier. But this is I guess this is all twenty four. You know, uh, excuse me, all, all 22. Um, I haven't said that in a while. That's why I messed that up. All 22 are uh, me and Ryan. That's our show, NFL. And uh, this is us previewing the NFL draft. And we will recap the draft going, uh, uh, you know, next week after everything is uh, said and done. We'll have that. Early, early next week for you should be uh, the first half of the week. So I look out for that. Check out all the other stuff that's going on on RegalRadio.com and more on Anchor. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Our Bulls coverage, our Last Dance coverage. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Reed Ryan's uh, mock draft for the Bears, if you haven't already. Uh, my... Uh, Exclusive interview with uh, Jim Ross is up on War on Anchor. If you haven't seen that out there in any in the internets and uh, social media, it's out there. And um, also got some more stuff coming up this week. Uh, more bull stuff, bull, a lot of bulls talk. Um, stuff recorded by me and uh, Josh Hicks. Uh, interviews that we've had with different people talking about the Bulls and stuff related to the Bulls. So, uh, yeah, definitely look out for that stuff. And I hope you enjoy your weekend and enjoy the draft, y'all. And we'll see you on the rebound.